Hey everyone, welcome back to the Impact Show 2.0. I'm your host, Matt Diner, and this is the show for sport coaches, strength and conditioning coaches, and fitness entrepreneurs who want to increase the impact they have on those around them. For my conversation today, I had the opportunity to speak with Jake Thompson, who is a professional speaker and the chief encouragement officer at Compete Every Day. I'll give you a little bit more of his bio and the company as well, but as you can kind of gather, Compete Every Day uh, really talks about setting and meeting goals. I think it's a great follow-up to the conversation I had with Anthony Mirando on aiming before you fire, making sure that uh, we're in line with our vision, our ambition, and all those things. So I think it's just a, a great follow-up conversation. Also, just it's timely, I think, because we're all in this uh, in the midst of the pandemic still and things are opening back up, making sure that uh, we have a chance to change habits to, to start making changes that we've had time to reflect on and put those into action. Um, and also, we're, we're in a time of social unrest uh, because of some of the um, racial injustice going on. Uh, there, there's protests. Uh, everyone, including myself, we're looking at, well, how do, how do I you know, have an impact and make a change and, and do that in my daily life? Uh, I, I think just listening to the message from Jake we can learn how to focus our attention, move the needle forward, keeping our eyes on the big picture goal, yet taking steps every day and overcoming the obstacles needed to, to make that happen. So just so much we can learn from, uh, I, I think, just this conversation that I got a, a chance to have with Jake. He's also got a new book coming out called Compete Every Day. Um, it's actually out right now. You'd have a chance to uh, to, to view it on his website, competeeveryday.com. I'll reference it. It's in the show notes as well. Please check it out. I know you'll uh, learn a lot from that book, and, and I'm just excited to um, you know, have you hear this conversation and see what you learn from it. Um, also, just wanted to be able to share on this show that uh, I know it's been a few weeks since my last podcast and uh, w- would love to have more coming out, but uh, just a really busy time personally. Um, my wife and I are going to be moving to Michigan at the end of June, so I've accepted a position to serve as the FCA State Director in Michigan beginning July 1st, so we will be leaving Loudoun County, Virginia, and headed about 10 hours away to Michigan. Uh, that's where my family's from. Allison has family in Ohio and Michigan, so it's really a move home for us. I'm excited that I'll be a couple hours away from Jim Kilbasso, who first started the Impact Show. Uh, president of the IYCA, so I'm looking forward to being able to work even more closely with him, uh, involve myself with some of his projects that he has going on, uh, and even you know get a chance to interview some people that are more local uh, to Michigan and maybe in the IYCA network. So lots of exciting things to come, but it's just been a, a busy and crazy time personally with selling our home, uh, looking for, for a new home in, in the Grand Rapids area in Michigan. So all exciting stuff, uh, but can't wait to share uh, just in some upcoming episodes. I know um, may have a few more that are not even interview-based, but just sharing some of the things that I've learned uh, through this last you know few months in, in my life, uh, but also just so, some books and studies that I've been going through that uh, I'm looking forward to sharing some bite-sized pieces through podcast episodes that'll be really geared in on, on one specific topic, how we can take action in that area. Uh, and honestly, my, my conversation with Jake uh, was very influential in that uh, of making sure that I'm tailoring information that can help us take action, move forward, and be successful. So excited to share that. 
with you in the future and, and just let you know how my transition goes uh, as it'll be a, a busy next few weeks. But want to get you into the episode and into the interview here. So as I mentioned, Jake Thompson is the chief encouragement officer at Compete Every Day. They built this brand. It actually started in 2011, and Jake was just selling T-shirts out of the trunk of his car, and now he's developed it into this business. But currently, he works with organizations and individuals around the country, teaching how they can develop accountability, mental resilience, and leadership skills in order to have bigger impacts in their careers and in their life. It's through his experience and research that he's discovered how people who harness um, this mindset of competitiveness against themselves can reach their goals, commit to action over motivation, and step into the leader they were created to be. So with that, let's hear from Jake. Jake, welcome to the Impact Show 2.0. Thanks for joining me today. You bet. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting conversation, even just from, uh, you know, the, the research that I've done about Compete Every Day and in what you're doing. I love the fact that when you speak and you create resources, it's all around mindset, focus, influence, which with the Impact Show, I, I feel like that's that's what we, we want. Those things are are they seem simple. Sometimes they're more complex, but they, you know, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about how you've been able to, to build your platform uh, and dive into these things in more detail that make it actionable and, and stick in these areas. But I think anyone listening to the show is in for a treat today. Um, so I'm just so thankful that, that you're taking the time to join me. But Jake, I'll, I'll let you start by just providing a little bit of background on yourself and and even just your business that was started you know really back in 2011 and how it's grown to today so i know it's a very broad platform but i'll let you kind of start off with just providing a little bit of context context for our listeners uh yeah so uh, my company compete every day we we definitely started back in 2011. Uh, i laughed that honestly it started as me hustling selling t-shirts out of the trunk of my car behind a crossfit gym uh in the north dallas suburbs uh, for me at the time of my life, I had pursued a career in, in sports agency. Um, I did it in college throughout grad school, um, started working, met some great people, great players, great agents. Uh, but one of the things that kind of stood out as one of the guys I was working with was not someone uh, that I really wanted to be associated with and work with long term. And so I ended up getting out of that industry uh, really end of 2008, um, which is a great time in the economy that most of us can remember. And so for me, I couldn't get a job, honestly, to save my life. I couldn't even get like a part-time uh, Best Buy job, which was funny for like holidays. That's like the time you think they're hiring everybody. Uh, and so I started freelancing marketing, branding strategy, a little bit of social media, uh, honestly, with anyone and everyone that would give me the time of day. Uh, a lot of the stuff I I'd taught myself on the side uh, and was just trying to work with organizations uh, to build that. Flash forward a few years, uh, I was doing really well consulting, had some great clients, uh, an international tech company. I had some minor league sports teams. Uh, I had a number of groups I was working with from a strategic level, but was very unfulfilled with my work. Uh, wasn't, as I like to say, I wasn't doing anything more than buying some toys uh, to pad my pride and, and my ego. 
and read a book by a guy named Donald Miller called A Million Miles in a Thousand Years that talks about the importance of story. And more importantly, the story that we live uh, is what we tell the world is important and what we value. And I really had to evaluate what I was doing with my life at that point, where I was wanting to go. And, and ultimately, the, the one word that a lot of us go back to in terms of what, what will my legacy be as a leader, as a husband, as a father, you know, what will my legacy be in life? And I didn't have one at that point that I would be proud of. And so I kind of started the path of exploring this idea of pursuing greatness in every area of your life. What would that look like? And it went through a number of iterations where I'm testing and tweaking and, and asking people questions and having conversations. And eventually this idea of compete every day rolled out. And I'm an ultra competitive guy. Uh, sports are my passion. I grew up in East Texas where Friday Night Lights and football is the religion of the South. And for me, competition was the opportunity always to prove that I could outwork you and I would outsmart you. I didn't care what your talent was. I didn't care what your dad did for work. I just cared about winning that day on the field, in the weight room, in the practice area. And so I had this competitive drive all throughout my life, being not the most athletic kid, uh, but wanting to play and, and wanting to win. And so taking that mindset, taking that approach, and looking at it from a more healthy perspective in life. How, how do I pursue greatness? By competing against myself. How can I stop playing the comparison game that will drain me, that led me down the path I was in to begin with of, of constantly trying to keep up with the Joneses mm -hmm. and really into a, a more healthy mindset of how can I show up and do better today? Even 1% knowing that if I keep showing up and doing 1% better every day, I may not notice it in the moment, but over the course of time, you won't be able to help but see those results. Uh, and so that's a little background. So we started as an apparel company right now. Uh, that has changed dramatically, as, as you said. Uh, my first book just published called Compete Every Day uh, that I know we'll get into here on the show. And then I speak all over the country uh, to organizations, to college athletic programs, to high school athletic programs, high schools. Um, it's really been a, a fun journey. But going in talking about how to have a competitor mindset, uh, what are things that leaders do differently to make bigger impacts? Uh, and then how can we improve just our grit, our culture, and our focus as a team? So that, that's a kind of a, a brief overview of where we came from and then a snapshot of, of the work I do now, uh, speaking and traveling. Yeah. Now, congratulations on the book, by the way. That's awesome. Thank you. It's been a, a little bit of a roller coaster ride, as I think every author can attest to on the first couple. Um, and I laugh because the coaches on here will, will know exactly what I'm talking about with this reference. But I wrote about 45,000 words of the book. I set a goal uh, opening day of baseball season last year. And, and really that culminated because I'd been told by my team and people, I need to write a book for like five to 10 years. And I didn't do it. Uh, there was a number of reasons from imposter syndrome to excuses, to procrastination, to maybe I don't need one. Uh, but last year I, I lost out on a handful of speaking opportunities because I didn't have a book. And the event planner point blank looked at me and said, we think you're the best speaker. We think your message is perfect, but our team and our boss want somebody with a book. And I was like, awesome. I'll see you next year. <laughs> and so like that competitive, like, let's go. And so I sat down and wrote the 40 to 45,000 words, started every day, little chunks 
finished it, edited it, didn't like it. Something wasn't working. Something wasn't fitting. Um, it was really kind of corporate, which followed some of my, my keynote work. And so I was asked to do a talk for the Big Brothers Big Sisters organization. And so when I was doing their summer keynote, I had kids, 7 to 17, and I had adults, 30 60. And so I knew I had to take the content that I'd done and make it easily digestible for phrases and catchphrases that kids get. Like we know that as coaches, like if you can get a fun catchphrase that a kid will stick with, you can continue to reiterate that message. But I had to have depth to keep the audience and the adults engaged. And so I went back through my book that I'd written and I'm pulling out key phrases and really was like, if I was going to talk to a bunch of high school athletes, like what are the seven takeaways I want them to have? And as I'm sketching it out, I happen to have a, a John Maxwell book that I was reading through on my desk for kind of inspiration. And I looked at it and I looked at his outline and I was like, holy crap, this is the book. And so I scrapped like 40,000 words, almost the entire book I'd written and rewrote it and rewrote it with these seven phrases, seven choices outlined. And it honestly took me about two weeks after I hit delete from most of that old content to start writing again, because it's like getting into a workout, a hard workout. And you go all out on that fourth round and you run that 400, you're lifting heavy squats, you finish, you yell time, you think you're done, your body's exhausted, your mind's exhausted. And then you look up and realize you had a fifth round. Hmm. And it's that point of like, I don't want to touch the bar again. Like, I don't want to run again. Like it, it, that is what I found working out and training. Like that's the worst feeling is when you go all out expecting it to be over and it's not. But in that moment I, I laughed, I had to practice what I preached. And so it took like a couple weeks to sit down again. And then once I started getting the momentum of writing again, it, it was off to the races. But um, yeah, every one of us in the strength conditioning sports field, like we know that feeling of, of laying it all out there and then realizing, oh man, I have a whole other quarter. I've got a whole other round to do. Uh, then you just got to pick yourself back up, find a way to build that momentum again and keep going. Well, especially when there, there's a new goal, you know, of you, you had, you found that those seven principles that you wanted to, to teach so scrapping it and moving forward, uh, becomes more clear when you see the new vision. So, so being able to kind of take a step back, see that, and then set a new goal towards that is, is something I think, again, uh, every, everyone listening can, can relate to of having to, uh, pick back up even when you just want to rest and, and you're, you're done with everything, picking back up and, and maybe it's moving a different direction or starting something new. Uh, starting with that vision and that mindset is so important. And, and I think it's, it's kind of timely of the book coming out, um, you know, just so much within, not even just, you know, we're in, in mid-May right now in, in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, but even, you know, looking back on this year of, um, you know, Kobe Bryant and hearing about the, the Mamba mentality and now with uh, the last dance documentary with my, uh, Michael Jordan and uh, just seeing what it takes to pursue excellence every day. And it, it's just, you know, so, so your book coming out right now, I, I don't know if you felt that the timing of it has matched well with those things, whether it be speaking or whether principles from the book have some of those recent things helped you share that message even more. Well, you know, on the speaking side over the last year, two years, and I would say this flashes back even more, but I think the continued conversation around mental performance, grit, 
leadership, the soft skills um, that we're starting to see, we've known they've been important, but as more and more conversation in the, in, at least in the corporate setting goes around advanced, uh, artificial intelligence and how do we automate things? Like you can't automate certain soft skills. You can't automate better communication. You can't automate leadership influence. And so as from a corporate setting, I think the timing is really right for those messages of grit and showing up and personal responsibility. And, and even on the team side, like the sports principles, it's a whole new generation. Like we laughed, somebody was talking about it the other day. It was, I think it was a sports agent was interviewed and he laughed that like half of his players were like in preschool when Jordan played his last game. So like they have no concept of, of this Jordan. And so you always have these new generations that sometimes need to be reminded about those past stories and those past opportunities. And so from a team and culture standpoint, that works really well. But, but honestly, the book timing, the principles and stories throughout the book are timeless. We've heard them time and time again. Um, and there's a reason we've heard these things time and time again. It's because they work. And what I try to do in the book is really come at it from a different angle mixing sports, mixing life, uh, because what I found is the lessons we learn in sports translate to life. I missed that for a lot of my life. I thought they were separate worlds, but in reality, the, the keys to success in sports are the same in life. And how do we, how do we apply those? And the timing wise, the actual, you know, the book wasn't supposed to be released until the fall. Um, the digital version and audiobook are out this summer, but when COVID struck, our timeline was changed dramatically. Um, our plans for book tour changed, all of that changed. But the good part is the production was able to get the books out to us faster. Mm -hmm. And so they landed in our lap in April and we could have sat on them and just decided where the world is right now. People are struggling, kind of what we talked about off air. People are struggling with this idea of not having a clue what next week, next month, next year could look like. Like there's so many unknowns for us right now. We expect things to get back to normal eventually, but we don't know when. Mm -hmm. And when you're planning and programming and scheduling and you're used to knowing deadlines and dates, like that's a very hard state to live in. And we chose to put, start pushing and getting the book out now because while we're in the midst of this unknown, you can take full advantage of that opportunity to build these skills to start building the habits, the mindset, the choices that you're going to need when you get out of this. And so there's going to be people that walk out of this that haven't done any work. They haven't made any progress. They haven't changed ultimately. And then there's going to be people that come out of here that we look at and we're like, how in the world, like, are you just starting to thrive? Are you building this momentum? Do you have this positive attitude after what we just went through the last six months as a country or as a world? And our goal was to get the book in as many hands as possible just for the encouragement and help to say, listen, you don't have to wait till this is over to start doing the work. The keys of where you want to go, the keys to getting to who you want to be and where you want to go in your career and your life start today. And there's too many people out there that are going to wait until this thing's over and then get back to normal and forget about everything they said they wanted to get in. How can we make sure the people that actually want to do the work that want to get better can do so. And so, yeah, we just, we rushed it up. We felt the timing was perfect uh, for not only the encouragement, but the lessons in it. Mm -hmm. And like you said, they're timeless. Uh, but especially during this point, I think when, when everything first happened, I mean, everybody's got a different scenario that, that they're, living in right now um, with, with work and family life. Um, but you're seeing opportunities within that to 
maybe it's start something new. Maybe it's reset and refocus uh, where, where you're developing skills. Like you mentioned, some of those soft skills that we now have an opportunity to improve and build that are going to set you up for success in the future. Um, but it's also very easy to just say, well, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to kind of rest and I'll pick it back up. I need this time. And, and, and I know I'm going to be able to, you know, pick it back up down the road. Uh, but you mentioned habits and, and the, being able to form habits during this time, this kind of slowdown of everything is long enough where you're going to see a change good or bad based on what you're doing. You know, if it was like, you know, the world stopped for a couple of weeks, that would be one thing. But when we're talking months of time, there is going to be behavioral shifts that have that result from some of the habits that you do now, whether you want to or not. Um, so during this time of, of COVID-19, how have, how have you personally used it as an opportunity? And, and maybe what are some of the conversations you're having with those that you consult or speak with in terms of what's resonating most right now? Yeah, so I think it's changed on, a, on honestly a weekly, monthly basis because when it first hit, it was everyone was in kind of a mad scramble of what do we do, especially businesses and, and teams because is the school year canceled? Is, you know, how do we, how do we handle this? On a business side of asking for sales when, I mean, half of America is still gainfully employed. They may be working from home. They may not be working if the school year's canceled and then half of America has lost their job. So there's a really weird dynamic in that setting of we just don't know how to respond. And then after a few weeks of that, it was, we've got to settle into a new routine, new habit, like you said. And, and those habits really started to pop up of, are you building the self-awareness in this moment to notice what your current habits are or what your current habits should be? Hmm. And what I've tried to explain to a lot of people is if you think about in a, a sports setting, you call a timeout in the middle of the game. Most often, you're calling a timeout for two reasons. One, tell your players to catch their breath. Take a minute, catch your breath, reset, refocus, and then let's go back out there. And then occasionally you're doing it, hey, we're going to adjust the play that we called. Here's what we need to do instead. So catch your breath, reset, refocus, and then attack again. And I think this has become a giant timeout for us if used right. Because what it allows you to do is say, okay, the way things have always been, I get up, I head out the door, I'm on the go, da da da, da I get home, a little dinner with the family, working a little bit more, go back to bed. Like that, that kind of is our normal routine. And it's so easy to get caught in the normal routine when you're just go, 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 go. Weekends, you have games, you have family events, you have all this. There's no time to take a time out, to take a breath, take a reset. Right now you do though. Right now is that perfect time. And, and so what I've told people is I've actually experimented myself for like a month of morning routines. Like I would try something for a few days, see how the day would work for me, see how my focus was throughout the day, my energy levels, what did I like, what did I not like, and then just kind of test it and adjust it so that I know when I got out of this, what are the things that I'm doing currently I want to keep. So for me, one of them is just kind of going on a 30 minute walk in the afternoon. Like usually early afternoon, like a lot of us, like you start to crash and so for me, it's literally resting my eyes about 10 minutes, just enough. And then I'd go throw on a weight vest and do about a 30 minute walk, listening to a podcast or an audio book uh, and, and go. And somebody was like, well, I don't know if I can do that. And I was like, well, most times you take an hour for lunch. You're driving somewhere, you're grabbing lunch, you're coming back to your office. Like that's an hour. You can eat in 10 to 15 minutes. You can get a walk in. Like 
you can do these things now that you couldn't do before. Yeah. So what are things that you want to start developing that when this ends, you want to start integrating back in? Maybe you don't do a lunch walk. Maybe you do it in the morning. Or maybe if you're working at a, a, a school or a college, like you just go out to the track and take that walk 30 minutes at lunch. Like what are things that you're noticing clear your heads and how are you using that? Because self-awareness is key and building that self-awareness is so key. And this is a perfect time to really evaluate the things that you do. Are they serving you or are they hurting you? And becoming more aware of what you do on a daily basis, how you respond to certain situations, and then asking, does this help or does this hurt? Because the key is this, the habits we build, the things we develop, the mental toughness, the focus, the leadership, we all want those things. But the problem is we rarely put in the work before then to build them. You can't call on those things in the moment that you need them unless you've done the work prior to build them. And so this is a time for us to build those key skills, those key habits that we know we need down the road before we ever become into a position where we need to call on them. And, and I think it's important to note when you talked about this being an opportunity for, for a timeout. And I, I think when you, when you see, all right, compete every day, I've got to be doing this, doing that all, all the time. I think it's easy to jump to, well, I need to be taking more action. What, what is this about self-awareness and self-reflection and doing those things? But I think the example you just gave is a great um, opportunity of how we can compete even during this time of, you know, competing every day. Well, what's my morning routine? How am I looking at these things? How am I actively getting myself better by evaluating parts of my life where maybe I wasn't operating at hundred percent prior, you know, prior to this time that I have an opportunity to test out now, where do I have most energy? Uh, what's my sleep schedule like? Um, so it's interesting of just being able to, to compete during a, a time of rest. Well, and it's, I was going to say on that same note, like you think about it from a strength perspective, like you don't just run in, jump in under a bar and go like, sometimes you're going to film yourself to evaluate your form. Sometimes you've got to take the time of you do the work, then you evaluate how you've been doing the work to make sure you're doing it effectively and where it's leading toward your goals. And that's, I mean, that's something as simple as we did yesterday, even with a friend who struggles with a back squat and, and her depth and squatting front squat. She's flawless. And so we had to show her video of each. We said, Hey, look, here's how you're doing. You're sitting on your heels. You're sitting back. Your elbows are up, but here's when you go into back squat, you bend over. It's, you're looking odd. And it's the, the point of like, you need to be aware of what you're doing why you're doing certain things and then you can start to make the corrections and and you hit the nail on the head when you said we don't talk about it with life like we look at it from a work perspective but rarely do we think about that self-awareness and the same sense of life but this is the perfect chance to mm -hmm. and, and i think you know one of the interesting things you know when you talk about using every day as an opportunity to to improve yourself um I, I imagine it can be, it can be very easy. And, and I've seen this with my own life of trying to jump at different things, but, but sticking to a plan, you know, how do we win every day yet stick to a long-term plan, but have the ability to pivot or, or move directions. You know, it, it's, it can seem very complex, but when you talk about developing habits, um, how do you balance the, the ability to, again, to go back to the title of the book and the business compete every day, but still keep long-term focus um, 
towards where you're headed, you know, kind of looking at that, where do I focus? Where is, where is my mindset? Um, how have you found that balance personally? Because you've grown from, you know, like you said, from going from the apparel to, to speaking to a book. And I know you've got future things down the line that you're looking to grow to. Um, how have those opportunities come where you know when to take them and, and when to shift as needed? Yeah. So I think with me and, and with a lot of us, it comes down to what are you ultimately trying to do? Like what is, what is your ideal setup? And, and for me early on in the career, I thought it was the apparel. And then once I started going down the route, I noticed that my certain strengths weren't being as best utilized through just apparel. And there were better ways to fulfill my mission with the company, which is to help instill a help instill someone's competitor mindset, like help them understand what it means to compete every day and build that mindset to be a leader in life. And apparel was a great opening conversation, but it wasn't the full picture. Mm -hmm. And so it, one, it was a matter of me looking at my business and my career as a giant science experiment. Like I'm going to play with it and figure out what works and what doesn't. A lot of times we put in success and the word success and failure, and that completely derails people from looking at it like a science experiment. But honestly, every successful business and launch, like you have ups, you have downs, you have things you do well, you have things you don't. But if you're constantly looking at it as what worked, what can we improve on? What worked, what can we improve on? With the clear mindset and, and focus to say, this is our end mission. The end mission is to instill a competitor mindset in people. As long as the steps we're taking, the things we're doing, fulfill that mission or help us fulfill that mission, then we're on the right path then everything else is an adjustment and you don't worry about the ebbs and flows. The other piece of that is creating a daily process. So a lot of us, for a lot of times, we set these big goals. We want to build this big business. We want to do X. We want to lift Y. We want to go here. And then we just start and we take off after it. And then after a few days of coming out of the gate hard and fast, we realize, holy crap, where I'm trying to go, what I'm trying to do, it's a lot harder than I thought we're in year two or three of our business and we're not near where we expected ourselves to be or where we see someone else on social media being. And we start to lose that motivation. And a lot of people in those moments are just going to quit and give up simply put, because they look at the gap between where they are right now and where they're trying to go. And then they look all around them at what everyone else is doing and assume that everyone else is already ahead of them and doing it right. And you're doing it incorrectly. Like I, I know this feeling, I've had this inner dialogue. Like, what am I doing wrong that my success isn't as fast as someone else? And what successful people have done, what we tend to see is they, they know where the finish line is. They know what the ultimate goal is, what they're trying to do, where they're trying to go. But then they stop looking at the finish line and they just ask, what am I going to do today to take a step forward? We have a, a concept we use on the uh, compete and we use it in the book. It's called three yards and a cloud of dust. It's, it's old school football style that, you know, the, they'd run in the sixties and seventies. And I know you're in Michigan now. And so it's a dirty word to say Ohio. Uh, but Woody mm -hmm. Hayes is famous for the phrase for uh, three yards and a cloud of dust. And it was literally running the ball three yards at a time all the way down the field. And people today would be like, this is the most boring type of football ever to watch because it's slow. It's very monotonous. Everybody's got to be focused on their one play at hand. You just got to get three yards. You're not trying to go to the end zone. You're just picking up three yards. But you can go from your own end zone, all the, or your own one-yard line, all the way down to the other end zone going three yards at a time, first and ten, second and seven, third 
uh, first and 10, second, seven, third and four, fourth and one, first down. Like you just move the ball down the field that way. Mm -hmm. You don't get upset on the second down if you don't score a touchdown. You just pick up your three yards. And that's how you have to approach life. And for us, it's every day. For, so for today, at the end of today, I'll take out a sticky note and write down the three most important things I have to achieve tomorrow. What are the three most important tasks I have to achieve? And most of them are work-related. Sometimes it's a personal one thrown in. If, if I have a special event or it's somebody's birthday, I need to make sure I take care of calling them. But really it's, you know, hey, today, finish email sequence for new signups, uh, record another chapter of the audio book, uh, and record this podcast. Those are my three priorities for today. And so once I cross those three priorities out, that day is a win. That's how I judge it. I either go one, I either go all three and that day's a win, or I don't get all three and that day's a loss. Two and one doesn't count, one and two, oh and three, like that day's a loss. The goal is to go 366 and oh this year. It's to win every single day, which is incredibly difficult. But what that does is, is that every day I'm writing down just the three steps I'm going to take, it gets my mind off of how far I have left to go. It removes the, the possibility that I'm going to lose motivation or I'm going to get distracted by what someone else is doing. And instead puts the focus squarely on what's within my control, which is what I do today. And so that is that key focus of know where you're trying to go, what you're trying to do, but quit focusing on that finish line, quit focusing on that end goal and focus on how you're going to make progress today. And if you do that, then you get five, six, seven days, a month down the road and you say, Ooh, I need to make this pivot. Well, then that's easy because it's on your three yards. You make the pivot the next day. It's like taking a small step, one to the left, to the right. Now, that one degree isn't much if we're just walking across the street to a friend's house. But when you get on an airplane, that one degree can make a massive shift. But it's done a little bit at a time. And so that's how you take that attitude of competing against yourself. Am I going to hit my three targets today? Am I going to do what's within my control today? Because I know, and we know this, if you take care of the work during the process, the outcome will take care of itself. Mm -hmm. If you show up and, and do your best in practice, the championships will take care of themselves. The wins on game day. It's when you just focus on game day that you don't do the work in the process and therefore you get your tail kicked when it comes to Friday night. And I think just that level of focus that you have by three things, what can I do? Um, and I think one of the things that I've, and I listened to one of your podcasts recently when you talked about, just as, as you began the year in 2020, even this, this concept of being addicted to getting better every day, and you look at that, that word addicted, you know, it, it's almost an extreme, um, but realizing that you need that mentality of constantly wanting to say, how can I get better? How can I can improve? And even as you mentioned those three things, how, how do you juggle the, the fact that you mentioned most of those things, you know, tend to be work? I'm sure it varies, but when you look at, at work, health, life, family, how, how do you tackle that to make sure I'm getting better in every area? It may not be every day. You know, there may be some days where it's, it's all work or it's all family, um, but, but how have you over time learned to, to make sure that you're still moving forward and getting better in all those areas of your life? Yeah, I think that goes back down to the the self-awareness. And for the longest, it was an, an idea of trying to wing it. Um, in terms of a situation would happen, I would make a note to myself, ooh, I'd love to do that better next time. Whether it's, you know, not hitting a workout the way I wanted to, 
whether being more distracted at work, maybe not being as present. And so I would just mentally try to tell myself, this is how I want to do better next time. The problem with that, as we know, is sometimes those mental notes don't take hold. Um, it's a, there's a reason why, you know, taking notes with an actual like pen and paper does so much better for us than typing and typing does so much better for us than, Ooh, I'll just remember it. Mm. And so what I started doing was just nightly making a note at the end of every day, writing down one situation that I wanted to improve on were I to have that situation again, whether I want to go harder in the workout, whether I want to be more present in a conversation with, with family, whatever it is. And I would put, you know, today, here's what happened. Next time I want to X, what, what is that action? What is that behavioral change? And I would do that at night for a couple of reasons. One, I've gotten to the end of the day. I can reflect back on it. Mm-hmm. The second is the way brains and neuroplasticity work is a lot of the things you consume at the end of the night sink into your brain a little bit better. Um, they help to cement at, because when we rest, our brain is, is re mapping it's it's doing the connections to try to strengthen certain habits and and mindsets and thoughts and so what we consume at night is is incredibly important for just life in general in my opinion and then finally you look at those two and then finally writing it down allows me to review to see patterns if if i get a month down the road and i were to flip back through this little journal that literally just has a couple lines every day Am I going to see the same issues recurring? And if they are, why do they keep recurring? How am I going to change that behavior and that habit? And so that helps us raise the self-awareness of where our issues and struggles are, as well as identify how we want to do things differently, which is one of the biggest keys is not only do we not want to do that next time, but what do we want to replace that behavior with? And so those pieces have been really helpful in that process of identifying the work, the health, the family, because there's situations every day that you look at and go through. And so as long as you're kind of building that self-awareness, you can create a little more of that pause the next time you're in that, that's that situation. You can create that gap, that one to two seconds to just take a deep breath and then respond the way you want to versus how you instinctively have responded in the past. Hmm. That's great insight. And I think again, just from, from hearing you on this show, on your podcast, in the book, I know you, you dive deep into those areas of, of how we can compete every day, how we can truly um, focus on getting better, be self-aware, and then take action on that. So, you know, I want, I want to make sure everyone has access to, to all the, the links and materials that you have out there uh, because there, there's so much I haven't even had time to dive into because I just got turned on to some of your stuff earlier this year, um, still learning. But just to, to move a little bit into more talking the, the business side of things, knowing that we, we have some, some entrepreneurs and business owners that, that listen to the show, um, just how you've been able to develop a, a brand. You know, you kind of mentioned storytelling. Uh, you, you mentioned going back to this, this picture of what competing every day, as long as I'm working towards that, uh, you know, we're moving in the right direction. You can try some different things. How, how have you been able to, to build this, this following? You know, I know that you have the, the compete every day pledge on, on your website. Uh, I was looking through that and, and, and reading it. Um, but just, just this community that you've built and especially in the strength and conditioning, the fitness world, building a community is, is sometimes difficult or it may be a struggle that, that we look through. How do I build my brand? How do I separate myself when, when there's so many, 
people out there doing different things? How do I stay true to what I, what I really believe in? Um, how does that process look like for you in, in building a brand all the way from when it was just apparel to now being more than that? Um, what does that process look like? Yeah. So our brand and our idea, a brand is essentially what we want it to be. What's the story and message we want to share, but ultimately what our brand is, is what other people say about it. Like that at the, at the end of the day, what other people say about you and your organization is what your brand is. It's just, that's how they see it and identify it. And so I think the, the biggest key in that is always looking at how can I add value to someone else? And a lot of times we make the mistake in, in building companies and building brands of wanting to be the hero of the story. We want to be the one that saves the day. We want to be the hero. We want customers to come to us because we will change their lives. And the problem with that thinking is we're thinking about ourselves and the customers thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about us. And so the, the great companies out there, the great brands have found a way to empower their customers. And, and I think for us, it was really a struggle for a while of just getting our messaging right. I mean, I, I laugh, you know, we're in year 10 is what we're kind of in now for me. And I have friends that over the last few years, couple of years have been like, oh my gosh, dude, your brand's on point and you know, love this, love that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, go back, look, scroll through my social media for seven years ago and see what you see. Like it was terrible. But the only way we knew it is focus on what we're trying to do, see how we can help and continually adapt it and get it better. You, you don't get your messaging and your content better until you put it out there. Like no one's perfect from the get go. You just keep refining it, keep refining it, keep making it better. But one thing I've always not been afraid to do is, is test it and tweak it mm -hmm. and adjust it and modify it. And, and I'll say for anyone listening, the best books, if you're into business building, you're wanting to build a business and brand. The first book you should read is, is story brand by Donald Miller. Hands down, it's the best because the, the concept we just talked about how we want to be the hero is not how the best companies work. I shared that they empower others. What, what it really looks like is your customer is the hero and your company, your services, your brand is the guide. You are, if you look at Star Wars, the customer is Luke Skywalker. As much as we want to be Luke Skywalker as a company, that's not our role. Our role is to be Yoda. Our role is to talk to the customer, to help the customer so the customer can go save the day. Like that is what a business, successful business, business brand looks like. And so many of us get it backwards because it's like, look at me, look what I can do, look how I can help you. When in reality, it's let's talk about you. How can we make you get to where you want to go? And, and so that's the big one. So building a story brand is a massive one. Yes. The other two I'm going to throw out there that don't even have to do with branding, but have to do with business building that have had a massive impact on me have been uh, Profit First by a guy named Mike Michalowicz. It's all about structuring how you do your finances as business because I know firsthand as a business owner, we don't always do the best with that. And we usually pay ourselves last with anything that's left. Uh, and so Profit First is a, a fantastic read. And then finally, the book Clockwork. That's also the same guy, Mike Michalowicz, uh, about how you build an actual business and not just something where you're constantly trading your time. And so if you invest, if you're serious about building a business and you invest in story brand, profit person, clockwork, and you do the work, you'd be amazed over the next two years, what your life and business could look like because of how you structure it and how you share it. 
And so that's the big one. Don't be afraid to test and tweak and modify. Focus on how you're going to empower that customer uh, continually. Even if you change services, I mean, look at us. We've changed services and product offerings over the last few years. But really, it's been the last few years of continually sharing the message that the message has caught stride in a much better way. And I'm, and I'm still looking at ways to modify and tweak it. So go into it with that mindset. Business like life is one giant science experiment. The only way you figure out what's going to work for you is to continually test and try things until you start to get the right combination. Wow, that's a great takeaway, you know, looking through, I mean, not only the, the books, and I'll make sure those are in the show notes as well, but uh, just the ability to tweak. And when, when you look at building habits, I think when you have a strong foundation, you can be more comfortable tweaking and trying things uh, because you know it's not just random action. It, it's working towards a goal. Um, as you mentioned, with, with your mission of the, the company, it gives you some freedom, but because you're working within a mindset and a clear vision of where you're headed, it makes those decisions more clear because you can see where they're going. Um, now, now I won't hold you to this, but are, are there any things that you are, as you've been just during this pandemic time or even before then that you've been looking to, to say, what, what may be next, you know, from, from apparel to speaking to book to, you know, what, what are some opportunities that, that you're looking forward to, you know, even seeing, um, or, or is it still just developing the book? I, I don't want to, want to put you on the spot, but yeah, no, 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 it's, it's okay. I want to, want to give our, our listeners a little insight into, you know, what, what's this looking like right now as you, you plan and, and prepare for what's next. Yeah. So really for us, when, when the pandemic hit, it completely changed our business at the time because I was speaking all over the U S I mean, I had gigs, really March, April, May, June, all canceled, pushed to next year, pushed into the fall. Um, so that dramatically changed our business and, and a source of our revenue stream. However, the beauty of that is I had the opportunity to look at it and say, okay, I can't do what I thought I was going to do, but what can we do? If I'm not traveling between March and August, what are all the projects that we've talked about wanting to get off the ground that we haven't been able to because of bandwidth or, or whatever? And so that's how we've really looked at this time as a great opportunity. And so the way we're looking and the way I'm utilizing that time now is, is obviously finishing the audio book for the book that's out. Mm -hmm. We've been, I'll tell you one of the biggest time, I would say time sucks, but it's more of a time investment for me that I enjoy is we're signing every copy sold before June 1st. Like I'm literally personalizing every copy. So signing books has been a big focus for us. And then once we get into June, we've got a daily journal that we're working on uh, that really pulls these two concepts of the three yards and a cloud of dust and the nightly reflection into a small journal that someone can use um, because there's some incredible products on the market. Like I love the self, uh, self journal. I love Michael Hyatt's full focus planner, but a lot of times, especially for people that aren't used to journaling, scheduling, writing down their goals. Like you can open those books and be very overwhelmed mm -hmm. um, because there's a ton of great, great content in there to help you identify and focus on goals. But for someone that's wanting a very simple, like let's get started. That's what we're wanting to create. Uh, and then after that, for me, it's, it's book number two and three and four. Like I've, we've already got five different books outlined. Uh, I have to flush out more of the content uh, but for me, it's starting the process of writing the next book uh, so we can release it next year uh, and just continue the process that I'm focused down on speaking, 
writing. Uh, and then eventually the new podcast show, as you shared, we've got the compete every day one that comes out every Wednesday with, with interviews. And there's a few solo episodes with me kind of spread throughout. Uh, but we'll be dropping the daily competitor here this summer. Uh, and it's literally a daily two to five minute podcast episode. We'll send out an email for, for people that rather read it than listen. Uh, it'll be coming out every day with ways to build that leadership influence and, and competitor mindset. That's exciting. Uh, seems, seems like you've been using your, your time wisely, um, which again, just speaks to putting into practice what your, what your mission is all about. Um, now, now, again, during this time to say, hey, we're going to focus on these projects, dive into this content, looking at the next book. How do, how do you refresh yourself? How do you, how do you fill your bucket to make sure that you're putting energy into what you do? Are, are there just some things that, you know, you make sure whether it's rituals or, or things to do to get away or, or retreats or anything like that, just to make sure that you are able to give a hundred percent toward these things when you're there? Uh, I, I mean, there's a few different things I do. I'm, I'm active. I work out four to five days a week. That's a big one for me. Um, that's a big help for me to just have that space, uh, to reset, to refocus, uh, to clear my head. Um, my wife, I mean, obviously right now nobody's traveling, but uh, my wife and I will get away for, you know, two or three times a year, whether it's a vacation or an extended trip, those help r refresh me. Uh, and then honestly, just the relationships I have and controlling the schedule. I think a lot of times when our schedules get out of hand is when we get in just this, I guess, constant go, 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 go. And so I'm, I'm very particular about how I protect my schedule, how I protect my time which allows me more of that opportunity to have the space and energy to create. Uh, I, I've learned not to say yes to everything. Um, the key in success is, is saying yes to a lot of opportunities. And then at some point learning when you have to start saying no to opportunities and, and it's, you never know when that line is, you never know when that switch is. Uh, but it's one I, I've been experimenting with and one I, I've done well. And so what I read is big, my afternoon walks are big. Working out is big. Travel with my wife is big. Um, but really just mixing it into our life. And if I ever get to the point that I'm, I'm just maxed out, knowing it's okay to take a rest mm -hmm. a few days and weekend and get away and, and do whatever for that. Yeah, it's, it's been, uh, I'm hearing that and it's, it's convicting me personally because I know, you know, just during this time, I've, I've learned how important that my daily workouts are. And how often that gets pushed out of my schedule and, and to realize that I'm not as productive. Uh, I'm not as creative. I'm not as focused in when I don't get that time for myself. Well, why would I, why would I push that out or, or let uh, minor opportunities or busy work get put in the way of that? Uh, when I know that if, if I'm able to, to get that time in, I'm going to be more productive in the time that I do put towards work or family or anything else I have going on. So protecting, protecting my schedule is something that, um, you know, as I look towards this time, how I'm going to come out is I want to make sure that, uh, like you mentioned at the very beginning, uh, I'm learning all right, what are things I need to protect? What are things that I've realized are of no importance? And, yep. and so that, that's what I'm going to take away from our conversation. And, and I'm sure, I mean, there's going to be a ton of other nuggets that I'm going to take away, but, um, just going back and continuing to, to fine tune what is this going to look like and in realizing uh, that there are some things that um, often get into my schedule that, that I, I let 
get put in my schedule without protecting it enough. So I, I appreciate you giving me that just extra word of, of motivation and insight to, to continue to, to lean into that a little bit more is important to me. Um, but I want to be, I want to be, uh, you know, thinking about your time. And again, I, I'm just so appreciative that you took the time to, to be on this interview and, and share. I'll make sure everyone has access to, um, you know, social media towards your podcast, the book, um, and, and would love to just keep uh, guiding listeners towards what you're doing because I, I know you're having an amazing impact on everyone that you you are around and in all different industries, but specifically to, to sports and trainers. I think there, there's so much value that can come from it. Um, but I'll let you close. Is there is there anything else that um, listeners need to know about where to find resources again it's going to be in the show notes but just want to make sure if there's anything specific um that they can they can find about what's coming up that that you want to share i want to give you that platform yeah yeah i appreciate that yeah the best way to is competeeveryday.com uh there's links on that show to the podcast the book the apparel there's my speaking programs everything's kind of based there uh, for anybody listening, uh, compete every day on social media. Uh, that's pretty much where everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I still manage a, a number of those accounts. So if you say hi, it'll be me saying hi back. Uh, and then personally, I most often hang out on Instagram. And so if you are listening and you like Instagram as much as I do, uh, feel free to drop me a note to Jake Thompson Speaks. I uh, would love to connect. Uh, and especially if you have any questions after listening to today's show, uh, anything that we talked about that you need further explanation on or, or have some thoughts on, I would love to hear from you and, and continue that conversation. Awesome. Well, yeah, the, for, for me, being able to interview guests on this show, this, this sparks learning. And, and I think that's one of the biggest blessings from even taking on the show about a year ago. I've been doing this now has been just the people that I get to meet. And then every single conversation allows me to, to dive in further. So even, even being able to get my hands on a copy of your book, uh, dive in your podcast a little bit more. So I, I'm just excited of, of the journey it's going to lead me on. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what, what all my listeners will, uh, will be able to get from this and, and to be able to reach out to you directly. So I appreciate you providing that information and just thankful for your time today. Thanks so much for joining me. You bet. Thanks for having me on. All right. Take care. Awesome. Thanks.